what if you didn't have to pour out? What if you let yourself fill up so much that you overflowed into other people's cups? And I was like, yes, I'm gonna get behind that. I'm gonna practice filling myself up to the point that I overflow goodness into other people's lives. Welcome to Energetic Intelligence for Entrepreneurs, the podcast that guides spiritually curious professionals like you into soul-inspired success without sacrificing who you are to get there. Creative pursuits with impact, expansion through alignment, personal growth for professional gains. With your host, Beth Perry. No matter what your relationships look like today, remember that you are half the equation, which means you have a lot of power and choice in how you influence the end result. I'd love to see you in our next Operation Breakthrough workshop and help you redefine making your relationship dreams a reality. I really feel like I need to start today's episode on the relational pillar in the energetic intelligence blueprint with a confession. I never, ever, ever, ever meant to or thought I would teach or coach on relationships. I actually took all these relationship programs, courses, and even certifications because I was so terrible at them in my romantic life, at least toxic relationship after unfulfilling relationship after confusing why that didn't work. But in hindsight, of course, that was never going to work relationship. Oh, it was really painful for me in my life. And I was embarrassed to ask for help. And because I didn't know how to ask for help in this area, I went to my go to solution which was at that point in time to get as much information as possible in order to find a solution. So through all of this training and information, I believe I was implementing it and embodying it because it was such a painful part of my life. I don't know that I would have fully grasped the power of these concepts without the challenges I had and the disappointments that I had in this area. So with that being said, everything from attachment styles to codependency, enmeshment, individuation, co-regulation, intimacy, communication, boundaries, 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 boundaries. (laughs) They really triggered what had been working for me in relationships up until that point. Because here's the thing, I wasn't complete crap at all relationships. I was a really good friend. I felt like I was a good sister, daughter to a point. I mean, I was rebellious and bossy. So there's that. But overall, my heart was with these people. And it triggered me because I had to start looking at my people pleasing tendencies. If I wanted to heal this, it became entirely clear that my ambition was not pure. And here's the thing. I love ambition. I celebrate it. How I was being ambitious before was in a way that I was seeking approval. I was seeking validation. I was seeking my human need for significance in fairly unhealthy ways in relationships. And that became a situation where essentially I was never going to be good enough. And It made it really hard for other people to please me because I was in the people pleasing seat and I did not know how to receive and be vulnerable in a way that was powerful. When it comes to how relationships 
give us information in a way to be part of our own individual energetic intelligence. It's really important to mention that not every relationship is a mirror of who we are being. I want to make it really clear that what I'm about to share today does not apply to relationships where there are mental or psychological disorders that impair the other person in the relationship from operating in a healthy way for us. And it definitely does not apply to abusive situations. That's really important for me to say, because I know that there are relationship traumas that most people have experienced at different levels of severity. And it's something a little disturbing to me when I see, you know, memes about it's just a mirror or how are you manifesting or attracting this into your life? There's a time and place for personal responsibility for our part in relationships. And also when there are the conditions that I mentioned before, like mental and psychological issues and or abusive situations, this is not the time and place to look for personal responsibility. It's the time and place to get help or get out. So for me, I had been in emotionally abusive relationships, toxic relationships. I mean, the amount of gaslighting I have lived through. Oh, it makes me a little nauseous to think about. And that's ultimately what led to once I had all of this information, once I had all of these certifications and I was really implementing them in my life, I became unavailable for these toxic relationships anymore. But I also didn't know how to attract healthier relationships in my life. I also want to share that as I overcame my people-pleasing way of being was so nonstop and redefined achievement and ambition for myself, the healthy relationships in my life stayed and celebrated that with me, and they grew with me in their own way. And it's it was really beautiful to experience that just because I shifted into a healthier, more powerful version of myself in relationships, it did not mean that I had to lose all of the relationships I had been in up until that point. But the unhealthy ones did fade away, some in a very quiet way, some in loud, painful ways. But it ended up with me being in a space, specifically in the area of my romantic relationships. I was about to turn 30. And I decided to just date myself. I realized I didn't really know who I was. I had built up this idea of who I wanted to be, especially in romantic relationships, and who I thought that would be a match for. And I realized I didn't actually know if that was true or not. It reminds me a little bit of if you've ever seen that movie, Runaway Bride with Julia Roberts. At one point, she realizes or gets called out about she doesn't even know how she likes eggs. She always just says she likes eggs based on the person she's dating. She just likes it how they like it. Well, I felt like that in a lot of ways of my life. So I started dating myself. What I mean by that is that I chose to not participate in any romantic escapades, if you will, of any kind. And Part of it is because I was so heartbroken and I had felt really betrayed and my self-worth at that point was at a, it felt like a rock bottom because I had essentially become a doormat in romantic relationships. And the tipping point for me was 
when I realized I was starting to become a doormat in other areas of my life where I had never felt that way. It was impacting how I was showing up as a professional. It was impacting how I was showing up with friends or family or not showing up for friends and family. It was impacting how I looked at myself in the mirror, which I had done so much work. I shared with you guys in in another episode about my relationship with my body. And, you know, I believe because I had done that work on my body, it's why I was able to recognize, ooh, this is going back in an unhealthy direction. And so, yeah, it was a little bit of licking my wounds time. And I I didn't really say a deadline on how long I was going to do it for. But wow, was it eye-opening. And it was a really beautiful experience to practice being me all the time. I had to start practicing being me with myself before I could actually just be myself. It felt uncomfortable. It felt like learning a new dance move. It was awkward. You'd think being yourself should be so second nature and easy. Well, for me, it wasn't. It was scary and it was, it felt hard at first until all of a sudden it didn't feel so hard. And I was practicing, like I said, with myself, I was practicing in safe and healthy relationships. That time of just checking in at first on a weekly basis, what do I want to do this week to a daily basis? And then it turned into, you know, multiple times a day. What do I feel like doing right now? How do I honor my commitments to other people while keeping myself a priority? How do I actually put myself first? Let me try that for a while. And oh my gosh, you know what happens? Not only am I still able to honor my commitments to other people, but I'm able to fulfill them in a more purposeful and aligned way. I'm able to be in higher level of integrity. I actually have more energy and enthusiasm when I am taken care of first. There's a concept that I really love, and it's this idea of being a pitcher, and we can pour into other people. I recognized, for me, that actually wasn't feeling good anymore, because then the only reason I was filling myself up was so that I could pour into other people. And when I heard this concept of what if you didn't have to pour out, what if you let yourself fill up so much that you overflowed into other people's cups? And I was like, yes, I'm going to get behind that. I'm going to practice filling myself up to the point that I overflow goodness into other people's lives. So this dating myself continued for a couple months. And <laughs> someone, I was actually a property caretaker At the time, while I was building my business, I had this studio apartment on this incredible, it's just a beautiful spot right on the ocean with incredible gardens. And I got to play with the animals and take care of things when the owner was traveling. At one point, she said, okay, (laughs) time for you to start dating again. And my birthday was coming up. It was my 30th birthday coming up. And she said, I'm buying you three months on Match.com. And so I said, okay. (laughs) And it was, it was interesting. I could probably write a book about all of the dates that happened, some comical, some unbelievable in not a good way, but most of them were just nice, no fireworks, but nothing awful. I remember going into this dating with a very experimental attitude. My intention was 
to continue being me. This me that I had figured out was true to me and wasn't everybody else's expectations. And I was going to practice ordering what I wanted to eat. I was going to practice sharing my opinions and not trying to make them feel comfortable. I was going to make sure I was comfortable and I felt good. I was going to make my needs the top priority for me. And so I started going out on these dates and it was interesting to see how many people actually liked me. But it was also okay for me to realize, wow, you're a really nice person, but I'm not feeling like this is going to go anywhere. This process was very eye-opening and it put me in a power position where I was able to be my empathetic self. I was able to be kind and funny. And if people didn't like my jokes, didn't make me want to not tell them again. It just, it became, I'm learning who my audience is in a way, but also I was getting closer to what I wanted in a partner. I had to figure out what I wanted for myself. Who was I? How could I show up and be that version of me? And then I got to be clear about what I wanted in a partner. And I figured out how to recognize these things fairly quickly. I didn't start with, you know, I want this the person to be this tall or have this color hair, or I didn't really go with physical attributes. Now, I knew what I was most physically attracted to in a sense, but I got clear on the top values that I wanted this person to have that would be essential for me in a match. Ironically enough, I did not meet my husband on Match.com, but because I had gone through this process, I was just being me all the time. It got to the point where I was so magnetic, energetically. It was so attractive to other people. I was getting new clients like you couldn't believe. Not for romantic reasons, but just energetically. When we are in love with ourselves and we know what we love about other people, it was my first experience of really seeing the law of attraction at play in real life. I'm telling you, I could not pump a gas without somebody coming up and giving me a compliment or giving me their number or asking for my number or offering to pump my gas for me just because. And I was so effortlessly receiving them in a way where I still pleased other people, but not from a people-pleasing focus. If any of you have read my book, you will know the chapter about the night I met my husband. And we're actually coming up on our 10-year anniversary for that very soon, the night we met. And it was such a magical night. It was the experience of locking eyes with him and we both knew. And I'll be really clear, neither one of us was each other's types in air quotes. He had never dated anyone like me at all. Physically, music taste, he's a musician, so music taste is really important. Social wise, I mean, we could not be more different. And same for me. He didn't look my type, although I had done an avatar exercise where I had decided I resonated with being a lioness in my life. So I knew I was looking for my lion. And a few weeks into our dating, we were having coffee together and he has this wild red curly hair that as he's having his coffee, his hair was down and the sun hit it just right. And it, he looked like a lion. I was like, his hair was amazing. And I started laughing and he asked me what was so funny. And I, I was too embarrassed to tell him at the time. But I remembered my promise to be myself in relationships. And I had been doing that work for so long at this point that I didn't want to not share who I am or because it was a little embarrassing. And I ended up telling him that I had done this 
relationship process of deciding who my ideal person was. And it was a lion. And, you know, he did a little eye roll and a, a small chuckle. But the next time he called me up, we had dinner plans and said, hey, do you want to go out to eat tonight? Or do you want me to pick up some gas on my way home? As in he was going to be a lion going to hunt for gazelle. And he still asked me that to this day. <laughs> so, you know, the the vulnerability there ended up being a portal to more intimacy without being less of who I was in the relationship. But it also gave him a lot of freedom to be who he is, because that was the example I set just by doing me. And so in relationships, seeing the examples that others we choose to partner with, friendships, clients, business partners, spouses, we are an example, but they are also an example. And when we can match frequencies, it becomes more powerful. It's information to us when we are not matching frequencies. And this is a part of energetic intelligence that's so key for relationships. When you desire thriving relationships, when we interact in relationships that are thriving, where both people are seen, heard, respected, valued, loved, appreciated, celebrated, there's a vibrational attraction in the relationship that magnetizes us. It's a ripple effect and makes us more magnetic in other areas of our life as well. Now, on the flip side of this, if relationships are not in harmony, that is fantastic information, too, because it shows us something that is surfacing to be healed. And what I have found to be true for myself and for many, many clients is that when there is discord or disconnect in relationships that we have decided to make a priority in our life, this is where the mirror concept can become very powerful in a healthy way. So when you look at the dynamics of how can we up-level through this, how can we reconnect in a way that we're moving forward in who we're being in the world rather than going back to old coping mechanisms or patterns that might not be healthy. Another really powerful relationship important to touch on is that of being a parent. We all have parents because we were born, but our relationship with who raised us or who our biological parents are, whether they were there or not, if they were there, how were they? All of those things that impact us is one thing. It's also if we have children, I can absolutely say that my son Jackson, the relationship dynamics between him and I has been one of the greatest teachers of my life especially because I'm committed to allowing him to be 100% him. I know his human design, and because I'm committed to giving him a life where he can follow his strengths and explore and make decisions and have experiences in a safe way that's very different than my natural way of being is. For example, he's a generator. I'm a projector in our human design. That's just one difference between us. But navigating this relationship where I have so much love, it's as a parent, my experience has been like the Grinch that stole Christmas, his heart just bursting, bursting, bursting. I feel like it hasn't stopped in the past few years of being a mom. My capacity for love keeps growing. And it's about taking responsibility when I catch myself going into an old pattern or realizing, wow, I'm doing that because I've seen that on TV for years, but I actually don't consciously want to parent that way. 
And whether you're a parent or not, I would encourage you this concept of conscious relationships, being conscious of how you are participating in the relationships you choose to maintain. Are you being a conscious leader in your business? Are you being a conscious leader of your team? Are you being a conscious spouse or girlfriend or boyfriend? Or are you being a conscious friend? Are you being a conscious sibling? That is where our power lies. The information that we get from ourselves, what is our experience in the relationship? And also the feedback and the information we get from the other person. And it might not always be verbal. It might be how they're behaving. It might be what they say. It will tell us about them, but it also is an opportunity for us to look in within ourselves. I hope this introduction to the relational piece of the energetic intelligence blueprint has given you something to think about and inspires you to be more of yourself in the most powerful way possible. If you're open to it, I would invite you to consider starting with your relationship with yourself first, then branching into relationship with other individuals. Then we can move into relationship with communities that we participate in. And then ultimately, embracing our relationships as a source of information, our relationship with past generations and with future generations. There is a power in all of us, in how we connect and in how we receive connection from others, regardless if it's pleasant or not in the moment, there is always information there to serve us, whether it's to keep us safe, to move us forward, whether it's to provide comfort and security, there is power in knowing how to break down what this relationship information means in order to help you achieve your higher potential. It's a really fun, wild journey to be on. And I'm excited to continue with you guys. So hopefully I'll see you in the next episode soon. If you enjoyed today's episode, please leave a review. And remember, it's great to have someone tell you what worked for them but it's better to have someone show you what will work for you. Until next time, I believe in you.